Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spin Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ryan Stolinski. And I'm Bartek. My middle name is Piotr. Oh, there you go. That solved that mystery for anyone who is wondering out there. Why are we called Spin Polish, I hear you ask? It's likely because we're always spitting and we both happen to be Polish. Isn't that right, Bartek? Yep. And <clears throat> what do we do on Unappreciated Masterpieces, the show that we're currently doing right now? The show that we are doing right now is the show in which we find movies that have either lost what they once had, their popularity, their their relevance to the world, or their appeal to the world, or have never had it before. We want to find these movies, talk about why they deserve to be remembered from now on, and mm. what's good about them, how they have impacted the world in ways that you might not have thought of. That's exactly right. We find those unappreciated masterpieces. And Bartek, what is the cinematic classic, the unappreciated masterpiece that we are going to be diving into today. This is one that we've all heard of, guys. We are doing Czarownica. Um. From 2005. Oh, oh, that narrowed it down. Yeah. Look, I, I know the year 2005, but I don't speak Polish, so I don't know. What is 2005 in Polish? I'm not entirely sure what thousand is. But uh-huh. two is dwa and five is pięć. So is that how you would say the year, or you would they be like twenty? They would they would say something like two, and then whatever the word for thousand is, and then say the word five. So we're learning here today, guys. But what is the movie? I don't know. I don't speak Polish. What's the movie we're watching? Come on, Ryan. Czarownica is clearly I Dream of Bewitched. I Dream of Bewitched. Is that what it actually means? No, it's Bewitched. Oh, we're watching Bewitched? The 2005 classic with Nicole Kidman, Will Ferrell, Steve Carell, Michael Caine, Shirley MacLaine, and others? Even Stephen Colbert, who is now the now the Tonight Show host? That cinematic classic from 2005? Oh, I really was hoping that you were going to lean in and be like, no, we're watching the entire TV series from the 1960s from back to back. No, we are watching the 2005 classic Bewitched. So, Bartek, before we actually do begin, here's the big question that's got to be asked. Where's our guest? Do we have a guest? Let me just look at my pocket. Nope. No? The other pocket. Nope. Let me look for the, the, the all the fucks I give. No, no. Um, we don't have a guest this time round. Uh, what's the story with that? Well, you know, we originally were going to have a guest, and they were a witch, and um, you know, we said to them, look, it would be great if we could actually get a witch onto the show, but they found out. I'm not going to name any names, but this witch found out that we were going to do Bewitched the film. We didn't tell them at first, and and apparently Bewitched the film is is uh, heresy in witch world. They just can't watch it. It's not allowed. So that's why our guest isn't on. Yeah. So we we feel a level of sympathy, but we're also a little bit, you know, kind of. It's a shame that of all the movies we could have picked, we picked this one. Who would have thought that our trickery would have been foiled by witchery? 
do they, do they find Harold Potter to be like? Oh Harrison? well, don't even begin. They're wizards. That's different. I mean, you know, ah. there are witches in there, but they're not. That prominent. is true. Even Michael Caine in this movie. Don't says get me that... started about Muggles. So yeah. uh, <laughs> we are going to do the classic uh, Bewitched. So get your copy prepared. I imagine you all have a legal copy of Bewitched. Um, Yes, our copy of Bewitched is a, a, a magical copy mm-hmm. in which, for some magical reason, when we watched it, when Bartek watched a different copy, a different version, different copy of his, and I've watched mine, somehow both of them have replaced certain words with German. Yeah. It, like, in- the written words, but not like... You know, not the the actors' names, just the title of the movie and some visual jokes that rely on words. Yeah, so at the start of the movie, there's going to be, like, a sign that says, like, for sale or something, and it was all in German. And believe it or not, Bartek does not speak German. I I know, it's a shock. I don't speak it, don't read it, don't write it, don't know it. So, that's tough. So, get your copy prepared, guys, because you are about to be spellbound by this cinematic... Well, usually I say classic, but this is just magic. Magic caught on film. So we're going to start this in three, two, one, play. So, Bartek, the real big question that one has to ask when watching a movie of this caliber and this nature is, have you ever been or have you ever have you ever just watched the original source material of Bewitched? Yeah, when before I talk about that, when I was a teenager, I was really into that 70s show, and often, yeah, and often that 70s show would make references to a bunch of TV shows from around that time, so I would often, in my spare time, just randomly watch some episodes of shows they've mentioned, and Bewitched was one that I watched a couple of episodes of, along with, like, I Dream of Genie, and I think I saw one episode of Gilligan's Island. Most of the episodes that I saw were of uh, the Dick Sargent, uh, Ooh, the later like, ones. Ooh, you saw the later, okay. Well. Yeah, but um, at one point I thought, how did the first one, how did the first episode go? And when I watched weird, it, there was like, it was a different guy, and I was like, what the hell? Why does this guy look more dorky than the other one? Well, that's the thing, that's the thing. Dick York... Um, was the original, mm-hmm. and then it was Dick Sargent. And, you know, Dick York, I think, from my vaguest of memories, and this does answer the question, yes, I used to watch Bewitched as well. Uh, Dick York, I think, had a severe back injury, and yeah. he just couldn't do it anymore, and they replaced him with Dick Sargent. And he they look somewhat alike, and people just kind of got used to it. Personally, I'm more of a Dick York man. I like the fact that Dick York is kind of unconventionally attractive yet still conventionally attractive like he still has that kind of 1950s short slicked hair kind of you know man in a suit kind of average looking guy but also he just has a doofus head on him and he just had great comedic timing dick Sargent's pretty good as well but yeah. he's no dick york i, I the, the thought's always been in the back of my head all these he's like what why did they change it i just never bothered to look it up and then i went on wikipedia last night and i'm like oh he actually like didn't want to leave he 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 just he was too injured to keep going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, that's that's the tragic thing. So, did you like Bewitched? That's the question. Uh, which one? The original TV show. Yeah, I enjoyed it. 
I did too. I was a big fan of Bewitched. Yeah. Uh, you know, I watched Bewitched. It was on TV quite a lot. And it is a show that is worth looking at. It is dated. It is formulaic. But it is interesting at the same time. And, you know, what I think this movie does different in the, compared to the show, there's many things it does different. And it, this movie does tackle this issue, which was in the show the secondary and ensemble cast characters were the thing that made the show. Like, Samantha and Darren were okay, mm-hmm. but their whole thing is they're trying to maintain balance and order while you're watching the relatives and all that be crazy and kooky with magic and stuff, and it's like you're more in this whole weird magic stuff than than suburban life. Yeah. And uh, this film kind of does the opposite when, by, by making the two central characters the, the, the far more interesting characters and kind of the secondary characters you know secondary it's very interesting well yeah and this movie is very cl- oh this is in english for us yeah so, so when I, for me so when i saw this i was like okay get it anymore but um certainly this movie is very clever in that um all these years i'd, I'd been aware that this movie existed yeah but it wasn't until you said that we would probably do it on the show at some point that i actually looked it up and i found that that it was about some people making remake of Bewitched. Yes, that's okay. Now, you've hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. Okay, so neither of us had watched this movie before doing it for the show, correct? Correct. You had never I watched it? Watched I never it watched it, watched it either. Okay, I remember seeing the trailers. Mm-hmm. I remember vaguely that it's like, oh, this is Bewitched. Oh, but... You asked me to watch a trailer and I oh, forgot. You didn't. You asked it. So, they, you know, in my vague memories... I remembered, oh, there is a Bewitched movie with Nicole Kidman, but it's not Bewitched. They're making Bewitched, but here's the thing, okay? Here's my thing. Mm. For years, I have asked people who have seen this movie to disc- to answer several questions that I had, which were very complex questions. My thing was, it's like, okay, so is she Samantha? Like, I didn't know if she just happened to be a woman who was a witch who just happened to get the role of Samantha. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know, like... Because this movie still doesn't answer questions. Certain relatives in the TV show are her relatives in this world. Like, Aunt Clara is yeah. in it. But she's not Aunt Clara. And Michael Caine doesn't exist in the TV show. Like, in the TV show, but he's like a god. And you rarely see him. And he's omnipotent and great. Mm. And an asshole. But in this, I was very confused. I, my main question was like, okay, so... Is it that they're making remaking Bewitched and they just happen to cast the people who are the real-life Bewitched characters? Like, not the real-life Darren, but, like, the real-life Samantha, the real-life, you know, uh, Indora, the real-life Uncle Arthur, all that stuff. And you know what? After watching this, I still don't know the answer to that question. I would have been fine just thinking, oh, yeah, this just happens to be that this show Bewitched exists in a world where there is witches and this family just happens to have a lot of similarities. But, but then their names! Yeah, but but then it's Steve Carell that really gets me. <laughs> okay, no, I'll, we'll get to Steve I know Carell. It's, I know it's super early, but... But we'll get to Steve Carell. So, this movie, it is a very interesting take, don't you think, Bartek, on how to do a new version of Bewitched in film... You know, like, if I pitched, if I just said to you, hey, Bartek, you know there's a film version of Bewitched with Nicole Kidman? 
you'd immediately think, oh, okay, so it's like a Bewitched, but with new actors playing the roles. Yeah, oh, it, I think it's very ballsy for them to do it in this imaginative way. Where... I know. I, th- I thought it's clever. It like gets rid of all those criticisms that you typically have of remakes, where it's like, well, why are you just doing the same thing again when the first thing was so good? Exactly. And you know what I liked about... I liked a lot of things about this movie, but you know what I loved... The the star swipes at the beginning of the movie for the opening credits every time an actor's name would come up it was like a series of stars would just swipe across the screen. <laughs> I just love the fact that this is such a two thousands movie. Uh, you know, like it's doing this nineteen sixties show. Well, here's the thing: in this movie, they make they make the show right. They mm-hmm. make the show, and it's exactly like the nineteen sixties show. Do we ever find out in this movie if the show that they do make actually is a hit show in this timeline universe? Like, I know we get later on, we get the ratings of her. She gets, like, 99, he gets, like, less than a dog. But does the show itself actually succeed? That is a big question, because... Over the course of this movie, I'm not sure about the epilogue, but only apparently two episodes have been made. Yeah, right. So we don't know how the rest of the show goes. Like, obviously, with the lessons these characters learn, they might go into a better direction. Like, not just focusing on Jack Wyatt's character as Darren. Jack Wyatt. But yeah, uh, we it's kind of left up to our imagination. Fun fact: yeah, these two executives. One of them is Stephen Colbert. He's the big name now, and he was big name then too. The other guy, when it first opened this scene and it was panning towards the pool, mm-hmm. I actually screamed out loud, "Oh, for Christ's sakes, Conan O'Brien's in this!" <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked at him like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Is it William H Macy?" And I'm wrong on both counts. It's no. It's not even. It's not even. Conan or William H. Macy, it's their son, I imagine, because he looks <laughs> like both of them. And then later in the movie, Conan O'Brien <laughs> appears. <laughs> I was on the floor going, no, how did I know? I guess I'm a witch. What? Oh, oh, my branch. <laughs> That's the appropriate reaction to a witch. <laughs> okay, so there's a lot of names in this. Yeah. And this is 2005, so... So it's a very different time for these actors as well. So you've got to consider Nicole Kidman's on the... I guess she's still respected. She's still uh, liked. Not saying that she isn't now, but Nicole Kidman's not in very much at the moment. You know what I mean? Like, this is... Nicole Kidman was doing movies. That's what I mean by this point. Jason Schwartzman's in this, and he is a Wes Anderson regular. So it's kind of like, oh, Wes Anderson let you off the chain for once, did he? And we got Will Ferrell. Now, this is a very weird time for Will Ferrell, because Will Ferrell is kind of, um, in movie terms, coming into his own. He's already done Mugatu and Zoolander, and uh, that was a secondary character. And he's already done, like, you know, Starsky and Hutch, and, uh, you know, and a few other, like, Ron Burgundy comedy roles, but not like a movie like this. Would you agree where I would say, like, a romantic comedy? Like, probably, but, like, this is probably one of his most, uh at this time, would have been his highest profile job. I, yeah, I definitely, <clears throat> I definitely can't say that I've ever seen Will Ferrell in this type of main character role. Like, 
yeah, not even stepbrothers. Like, he gets with a good, but that's, like, not really the main point of that movie. This one is a, you know, romantic comedy, I suppose you could say. I've seen it in romantic comedies, per se, like, Stranger Than Fiction is technically one. But, like, this is probably his most, uh, especially at this point, his most, uh, bi- like, his biggest, most serious kind of movie to do. Like, in terms of box office, in terms of blockbusting, you know, being in the Bewitched remake is a pretty big deal. Hmm. So, you know, there's him, Michael Caine is in this, uh, you know, I don't know why, but he is, they specifically wrote the part for him, according yeah, to the IMDb he's one trivia. of the two that the trivia said that of. God, does this guy not look like Conan O'Brien slash William H. Macy's, like, deformed son. See, what I was squinting a little bit at one point when he was on screen, I thought it was Robin Williams for a second. Holy shit. <laughs> So, oh, can we please... Okay, I'm, I'm already going here. So, yeah. in the trivia, my favourite piece of trivia yeah. involves Robin Williams. Okay, so Bewitched... Oh, right. Did you read this? I remember him mentioned Bewitched yeah. was obviously uh, a property that had been in the pipeline for ages to do a redoing of. There had been many times... You know, there was going to be a version with Melanie Griffith, but the person behind that died of an aneurysm or something. But my favourite one according to the trivia, is the Penny Marshall one, who did produce this, mm-hmm. um, was the 1993, where her cast was going to have Meryl Streep as Samantha, which seems obvious, but here's, here's, here's where it gets great. Yeah. This is like a movie we would come up with. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Barry Humphreys, not as Barry Humphreys playing character, but Barry Humphreys as Dame Edna Everidge playing, playing Endora. So not not like multi-layered acting. It's mold so in the movie when it would be like not Endora, it would be Dame Edna. So Dame Edna playing Adora. Yeah. Who's a fictional character, Dame Edna. She's not real. Like she you know. And then and then you have like Robin Williams as Uncle Arthur. Which mm-hmm. you know, obviously seems like a, a brilliant idea. He was a, one of the great comedic actors, especially during the nineties. But then, you know, I have Shelley Winters as Gladys, and and then this is the one that killed me. This <laughs> killed me. As much as Dave Edna killed me. Um, the idea of Jerry Seinfeld and Billy Crystal... <laughs> Billy Crystal... <laughs> playing Darren Stevens, and then alternating during certain scenes just because the actors changed as yeah. well. That gets me. Yeah, I thought that was funny too. No, we just missed a scene in here that uh, was... What I wrote in my in my notes as oh a joke, because this movie so far has not been a comedy. It's been more very serious. There was a joke where she's watching the TV and there's a guy telling her to get a job, mm. and he's just like, "Do you have?" I don't know. For some reason, it just got me. The way that they interact, it's like, "Do you have low self esteem?" My self esteem is pretty low, and just. The guy, like, responds to that. Like, it's TV. It reminded me of that Simpsons episode where, like, Homer wanted to gamble or something, and the guy goes, hey, you want some of this? And he's, like, showing money, and Homer's like, yes, yes, yes! (laughs) So, this is the uh, thing, Bartek. Here's a question I've really got to ask. Ask it, dude. Now, hold hold my hand. This is an intense question. Where is Nicole Kidman's character from? Um, doesn't she also not know the answer to that? What country is she supposed to be from? Um, I'll get it down for you, okay? Oh, you know the answer? 
No, no, I'll narrow it down for you a bit. Uh-huh. What accent is her accent in this movie, especially during the first half of the movie? Because uh... Nicole Kidman's Australian, but she's not doing an Australian accent in this. But she's not doing an American accent either. <laughs> what accent was her accent during this movie? It's a, it's a dynamic thing. You know, this is why this is a cinematic classic. Bartek has just watched the movie last night. He's still wondering what her accent was. That is what you call an A-grade performer. She is an Oscar winner, I do believe, or mm-hmm. an Oscar nominee. And no, she won. She won. She won, yeah. And, and we don't know her accent. Now, Bartek, what accent or, or country are all of her relatives from that we meet in the movie? All two of them. Ah, uh, well, Michael Caine's British. Yes. England. And Aunt Clara. And Aunt Clara, yeah. Is English too. Yeah. I think... No, I think... I, I gave this thought overnight, and I've been doing it all day. I think Nicole Kidman's supposed to be English. So it's kind of like that wedding date kind of thing where she's like... What was the main actress's name in that? Deborah Messing. Deborah Messing. She, like, went to America, and her e- accent was kind of just... Yeah, but... <sighs> Her voice, Nicole Kidman, I, I shit you not, this is how good the movie is. I think there was witchery in this, because I actually said to wit- witchcraft, oh. witchery, if you want, trickery. I actually thought for 20 minutes that that wasn't actually Nicole Kidman's voice, and someone was dubbing over her. <laughs> because I've heard Nicole Kidman in a lot of movies, and for some reason her voice in this one just didn't sound like her. It was, it was very like... Uh, I don't know, I can't really do a good impersonation of it, but it, it is very kind of squeaky. Like, oh, I am a witch. Oh, no, I'm a witch. Yeah, it wasn't... It's kind of a squeaky, lispy thing going on, and I'm like, where's Nicole Kidman in this? Like, I know she's there, I can I can see her, but where's the voice coming from? <laughs> so that was a big thing that got me. Bartek. Yeah? When you watch this... Yeah? When you watched this, you hadn't you, you had a vague idea of what it was about. Did it meet everything that you wanted? Um, you know what? I think it did. Because, like I've already established, I wasn't I wasn't too familiar with Bewitched apart from sometime last decade when I watched a little bit of it, and I'm not lying when I say that this movie has definitely raised my interest. And at some point in the future, if I ever have the chance to watch through more episodes, I would definitely be all for it because of this movie. Well, that's a great thing. That's what the movie... Uh, see, the, see, that's why I get annoyed when this is an unappreciated masterpiece because it is a movie that is so good. It is so... It is so amazing. It is so multi-layered that it actually enriches your experience to the point in which you want to go back to the source material it's based on. I mean, that's the best kind of remake, redoing, reimagining, whatever. The kind that makes you enjoy it, but also want to investigate its origins. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it does a better job than Starsky and Hutch in that sense. Oh, I don't know. They're all great. Starsky and Hutch was great, but I don't know if I was... As interested Both in going of them back. had Will Ferrell. Both of them did have Will Ferrell. <laughs> is, hey. Hey. How many movies has Will Ferrell been in that have been rebooted from 1960s, 70s TV shows? I wonder. <laughs> Wait, he was in Land of the Lost as well. Yeah. Oh my god, is this like the secret Will Ferrell film series where it's like Will Ferrell stars in movies that are from TV shows that you kind of liked from way back when that are still kind of relevant in today's pop culture? 
Maybe it's because in the in the last decade, he was such a noteworthy comedic actor that was in so many crazy things. They said, "How better to get a modern touch on these old properties than with Will Ferrell?" I just can't wait for him to be in the "I Dream of Genie" movie as the genie, <laughs> as the genie, Not, and uh, which woman will play Major Nelson? Uh, well, obviously, obviously, it would be, uh, like, Sarah Silverman or something. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll be like, she's a modern she'll be like, She'll be like, Janie! I, I can't do her voice, but, you know, she's very, very annoying. Or, 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 or another good choice would be Dame Edna Everett. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> I mean, for fuck's sake. But, like... <laughs> Who thought of that? <laughs> I don't know why that one didn't, didn't why that one didn't get off the ground. I mean, really, I would just. Could you imagine watching that 1993 version of Bewitched where Jerry Seinfeld's in one scene, and then the next one is Billy Crystal, and then Jerry Seinfeld again, and they're the same character, and it would just be like, this is how I imagined it. It would be like, you know, it would be like the show where she's doing magic, and and it would be like Billy Crystal's like. Samantha, don't do magic, you promised. And she'll be like, well, okay, I won't. And then the next scene, she's doing magic. She's like, set the house on fire. And Jerry <laughs> will walk in and he'll be like, he'll walk in through the door like he does on sign, like how they do in Seinfeld. And he will pause, look around with his arms in the air <laughs> and just be like, what's what the deal do? with witchcraft? <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? What's the deal with witchcraft? <laughs> and then she'll be like, well, and then Dame Edna Everidge will come in and she'll be like, uh, Jerry. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm, I'm Darren. Oh, sorry, Billy. And it'll just be like a mix up. It'll be great. I, and it'll be Dame Edna. I mean, uh, what is this movie? And I just like the idea that Robin Williams is just somehow attached. I mean, a movie's crazy enough with Robin Williams, but with David Edna Everidge and Jerry Seinfeld being Billy Crystal, be- Billy Crystal being Jerry Seinfeld being Darren, oh my god, it would be great. Look, one of them's already dead. We need to get really <laughs> high up on Hollywood and make this happen before more of them go. Yes, that's right. Instead of having uh, Robin Williams, we should, uh, as Uncle... Okay, real talk. Yeah. Real talk. Did you like Steve... Have you ever seen Uncle Arthur in the Bewitched show? Um, Do you know Paul Lynn? It's... Like I said, it's been a long time. He, he might have been in some of the episodes. I saw him when they were watching him in this movie. Yeah, Uncle Arthur is cheeky. Yeah, and, and you've mentioned him on this show before. He's one of my favourites. And he has an iconic laugh. I can't really do it because it is so iconic, but it's that kind of like like a Cheshire Cat kind of laugh. Like a <laughs> Did Steve Carell do it in this movie? Steve Carell did his Steve Carell laugh. And you know what I mean by that? Like, Steve Carell has a very distinct laugh to himself, so he just did his laugh, which... To be honest, I kind of appreciate the fact that he's willing to tackle being Uncle Arthur with the whole "I'm Uncle Arthur," <laughs> but the laugh he didn't do. He did his own. I think. I think I appreciate. I appreciate that on a large level because it's like, okay, he obviously can't do the laugh. There's no point trying to do it. You might as well do your own iconic laugh. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that, but in my mind, if you told me Steve Crow is being Uncle Arthur, I'm like, oh, that's all right. But you know what? I deep down think. I think there's some better options for Uncle Arthur. In this movie, you know, I, I wouldn't even chose Ron Williams. I would have chosen, to be real, John Lovitz. Do you know John Lovitz? Was he in Dickie Roberts, the, the agent? Was that him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's the crit- he's Jay Sherman. 
in mm-hmm. uh, The Simpsons. I'd love John Lovitz's Uncle Arthur because he's already over the top. He's already John Lovitz. Or Jack from Will and Grace, the super gay friend in Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. Them two would have been my picks for Uncle Arthur. If you're like, oh, Ryan, we're going to do Uncle Arthur. Steve Carell wouldn't have been on my radar, but boy, is this film... See, see, this is why this is one of the greatest films ever made. It just sees aspects such as, hey, why don't we get Christian Chenoweth in this to just jump up and down excitedly for some reason, and then in two scenes later, she wants to kill Will Ferrell. <laughs> Wait, wasn't that the other woman? Oh, no, no, she wanted to do that too. Okay. Don't worry, the other woman will get on to her. <laughs> I, she, I don't even remember her name, but all I remember was she I wanted to it. kill her. Kill him in various, various fashions. Oh, yeah, it started with, like, uh, bullying, and then it just moved on to... And we don't even yeah. know what her grudge is against... Like, other than she's like, she likes Nicole Kidman. Yeah, like, it's like, the I like unity Nicole. of women. Yeah, that got it. Nailed it. Like, unity of women. Wasn't there a movie, like, a year or two ago that was about, like, a yeah, guy the, who the other cheated? woman. Yeah, yeah. I know whatever. Cameron Diaz. It's on the list. Don't worry. Oh, is it? Of course. I've, every Cameron only... Diaz movie's on the list. <laughs> I've only, I'd only seen the trailer, so I was kind of just like. Cameron Diaz. Yes. Have you seen there's an interview in, uh, with Cameron Diaz? It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're showing Shrek 2. Yeah. They're showing that scene where the drag, like where the, the giant um, uh, gingerbread man's storming the castle. Oh, yep. And it's like got her head in a bubble over that scene, like in the top left corner. They're interviewing her and she goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, the special effects in this movie, they're spookily realistic. I mean, it's so scary how close to real life it looks. <laughs> Giant gingerbread man steroids. <laughs> the scene they show, and the fact you say that about Shrek at all, <laughs> like it's so scarily real. So, so Bartek, hmm? did you have a favorite character in the TV show Bewitched? Out of your recollections? Uh well, really, the only characters that I remember are Darren, Samantha, and Endora. All the others are kind of blurry in my head, so uh, it's it's really hard to say. Um, I don't know, really. It would be one of those three. Well, well, you got to pick. It's a life or death situation. The cat, there's a cat on the line, and I know you like cats. Oh, I'm a huge cat. He fan. waters them daily. Yes, I do. Um, my favorite character from this movie, obviously, the cat would be an easy option. So I I picked a human as well. I'll get to that later. I don't know, maybe. Maybe Darren? Darren's a good choice. According to this movie, everyone hates Darren. Which I didn't know was a thing. And apparently nobody noticed when the actors... Well, that is uh, uh, the typical thing that everyone says is... Because they do look very much like, and they're both called Dick. Dick York, Dick Sargent. And when they do the uh, little cartoon openings, there's very little difference between the illustrations of Dick York and Dick Sargent. Do you think that it was a shame that Will Ferrell's character didn't have a penis-type first name, just to, you know, fit the... That is actually true. It would have been great if his, if his name was... Like, Willie or something. Oh, well, he was in a movie, in this movie, called, what was it, Onion Willie, or something, the (laughs) boxing movie, you remember that? Oh, yeah, She's, like, flicking through the TVs with the magic, and there's just, like, 
like there's the Roman run one, like Vietnam Roman boxing. And they all had great names. Like the Roman one was like Romanus Rex or something, and then the one who was like and the fight of Onion Willie, and it's like. What? While we're on this topic, do you want me to read a trivia question related to his career? Yes, tell me about the career of Jack White. Okay, so this was one of the questions from one of the two quizzes that I did. Jack White, played by Will Ferrell, was talked into doing the show to try and save a failing acting career. What was the name of the film that was frequently referred to as his big flop? Oh, uh, uh, Do you remember uh, the answer? Uh, they say it like a gajillion times. Yeah, the, the answer is last year in Kathmandu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last um, year in Kathmandu. And shot in timing in black and white. Yes, and there were three other answers that were, I, th- I think they're just original names that, like, the quiz person came up with. I hope. So, one of them was Genghis in Love. That is so good. <laughs> uh, Finding Utopia. That, that would also be good. And the last one is Summer Vacation in Atlantis. Oh, uh, okay. I like it. Yeah, it's, it's not super funny, but like the, the guy got creative. Well, he's kind of doing uh, rips on on like already established things, such as Road to Utopia is a movie of the Road to series, and the Vacation movies with Chevy Chase, which have been discussed, would maybe that Summer Vacation. One, it's kind of neat. I don't know, Genghis and what was it? Genghis, Genghis and, in love. Genghis, oh, also, it's like Shakespeare in love. I see. Yeah, which beat Saving Private Ryan. Uh, but you know, that's that's for another day. Um, hey, do you think we'll ever do an unappreciated masterpiece that's won an Oscar? I hope so. <laughs> like Shakespeare in love. <laughs> I've, I've okay, got, I hate Shakespeare in love. My mum said that she really didn't like it either. It beat. Saving Private Ryan, which I've heard good things about. Yeah. Oh fuck! You haven't watched it. Paul Giamatti's in it. (laughs) I know. He talked about this in an episode. So, (laughs) a lot of things are happening in the movie. Will Ferrell is an egotistical actor, but here's the twist that I didn't expect. Now, Bartek, you didn't watch the trailer like I asked you to. I regret it. In the trailers. And in my general perception of the I d- movie... I did read trivia that, like, certain things in the trailers mm. were left out. Well, in my perception of the movie, before watching it, I thought Will Ferrell was this egotistical asshole who's pushing her aside, blah, blah, Like the movie does kind of do. But here's the thing that I didn't know. He's actually a nice guy. Mm. <laughs> and it's his manager who's the dick. Yeah, the Cruise-looking guy. Yeah, Jason Schwartzman, yeah. Oh, oh, thank you for bringing up the devil himself, Tom Cruise honestly believe that if Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise were still married at this point mm. and had a long relationship if they were still married, this would have been a movie where Tom Cruise was Jack White and she was still like whatever. Because honestly he, the character I could see Tom Cruise playing this egotistical asshole uh, uh, actor who's washed up trying to get back to to his roots or whatever, but he's still a dick, and Nicole Kidman's love interest. I mean, uh, really, though, I, I, I could see that. And he's, you know, he's an actor that is willing, Tom Cruise, I don't know, he's an actor who is willing to kind of make fun of himself. He, yeah, yeah, he, I think so. Oh, definitely. He's. He, I don't... Yeah, watch out. That William H. Macy motherfucker. Sorry, just thinking about him still. He's looking at me, and I'm like, I, I wish I looked up the actor to see if he was somehow related to Conan O'Brien. But, Bartek, this movie was an emotional roller coaster. The one thing I kept writing a lot during my notes when watching this was tone. 
tone, tone, tone. The tone of the movie sets this apart from other normal, considered, appreciated movies because this movie has a roller coaster ride of tone. You go through ups and downs and sideways and down out. It is an amazing movie for tone. It has like 15 different tones happening at once and I loved it. What did you think of the overall feeling and tone of this of this movie? Yeah, it did change a lot. Certainly in this beginning part of the movie, we haven't yet hit the part where Samantha, uh, sorry, Isabel starts feeling betrayed, I guess. Oh, betrayed. Like Honestly, at this point, I did notice, obviously, that um, Jack's character was a big focus of the movie, but I didn't actually notice that she didn't have any lines. Yeah, it, yeah it's, very, it's very smart. Yeah. Did you expect the plot twist of Iris? Of uh, the indoor actress being a witch? Yes. Um, not really, and... It didn't really play into too much well, beyond some jokes, right? Well, yeah, yeah kind of. Well, no, it played into a lot of stuff. Well, you got to consider that she, well, yeah, she she's wasn't... actually aware that she's a witch for a start. But I love the fact that my favourite stuff about it is that Michael... You, We don't know. We don't know if Michael Caine's actually in love or she's cast spells on him. <laughs> That's and true. there's a bit at the end of the movie, I swear to you, I swear to you, I looked at my entire household, we watched this together, and we all said, Iris, when this happened at the end of the movie, she, Nicole Kidman is sitting with Will Ferrell, they're both looking at each other, and she was like, I can't be a normal person because I'm a witch, but I can't be a witch because I want to be normal, <laughs> right, right? And then they go... There's only one person, and then Wolf, I was like, so there's no one who's ever done it before? And she's like, no one. And then he's like, and then they're like, wait, there is one person. And I was like, that we know. And and we all went, Iris, because she's managed to be a human the entire time, but still balance out being a witch, right? I didn't think of that And then they just go, Samantha (laughs) from the TV show. I completely missed that. I literally thought they were going to be like, hey, and then they turned to Iris and kind of like get her advice as like an older person, like as a mentor and kind of mother figure to help her adapt to being a human and a witch lifestyle at the same time. But I was wrong. No, they We were all wrong. They picked the fictional character. Yeah, they picked the the in-movie fictional Don't character. you hate it when you're pouring, like, 15 million ounces of sugar into your coffee? Sometimes you just need a little diabetes. Sometimes you just need to actually hear Jason Schwartzman say that you have a cute little butt and that he wouldn't kick out of bed for eating a box of crackers. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that uh, he is the devil, but at the end of the movie, they do imply that he may not be human. <laughs> and they never resolve that. Oh, yeah, that was a line. On the, on the way to your house, <clears throat> there's a bus stop not too far from your house, and there was, like, a couple sitting there. It was, like, a guy and then a girl on his lap. And, and did he kick her off his lap for eating a box of crackers? No, he kept smacking her ass. Oh, well, on her... Okay. Yeah. And what did you feel about that? Did you have, did you walk over and be like, "Hey, man, it's 2016 feminism," and then you slapped him, and, and and then she's like, "Thank you," and then you all slapped him on the ass to teach him. 
I love that she's running vigorously throughout this entire scene. She is four foot eleven. Her breasts are bouncing like hell. Well, yeah, because she is tiny and she has to run like fucking. And she's wearing like heels. I like how the trivia pointed out Nicole Kidman's much taller than her. You can especially see it when they're jumping. It's like you can you can tell. you can tell by when Nicole Kidman's with Will Ferrell because Will Ferrell is like six foot five and Nicole Kidman's nearly as tall as him without heels. Hmm. Here's my favourite thing about Nicole Kidman. Mm. I mentioned it in um, the Stepford Wives. She's crazy, right? Like, uh, in acting, I mean, when she acts, she rarely acts naturalistically in these types of movies. Her characters are batshit crazy. I thought she was schizophrenic for a lot of this movie. I don't know. She had a lot of stuff going on. Mainly it was the accent that I couldn't figure out. Because she had that kind of... I got a kind of kid voice going on, but I'm talking about killing Will Ferrell. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like innocent little girl kind of thing. But she's also like, I'm going to kill people. Ryan, are you trying to tell me that there's a scene in this movie... Where she actually kills someone? Where she drops, like, lighting rigs on a woman that kind of annoyed her? Yeah, vaguely annoyed her. Just her existence annoyed her. And she... Here's the thing. Why can't she just rewind everything back to normal when things go wrong? If you make a social faux pas, why can't she just... Oh, because she doesn't want to be a witch. But here's the thing I want to know. Yeah, if she's lenient. Can time travel affect other witches? Or are they aware that time travel's happening? So you're standing there. I'm a witch. You're a witch. I accidentally break a glass. If I use my spell to rewind time, are you just affected by it or are you there with me re- being like how does it work well for other witches how does magic work for other magic users well this film via time travel retconned like the one character it, aunt clara does not appear in this movie thanks to the retconning of the time travel going back you know was one of my favorite things that just never got explained in this movie yeah i mean i don't but tell me there's a bit where she goes nicole kidman goes back to her house to ask Aunt Clara to remove the hex that they eventually will put on to Will Ferrell to make Will Ferrell, like, a good person and fall in love. Aunt Clara's just standing in, like, a bucket. (laughs) She's got her feet in a giant tub. (laughs) And she's carrying on a full conversation. And it's never brought up. Why is she so... She's soaking her feet. Why? They mentioned that Aunt Clara in the show was a clumsy character? Yeah, yeah, that's the could, whole gag. Could that, like, be a thing? Like, she accidentally got her foot stuck in a bucket and she can't No, no, like, it wasn't, like, a little bucket. It's, like, a massive barrel, I should say. Oh, okay, so you reckon she, like... She I don't know. washing her feet? Okay, really, Bartek. When we watch this, and I imagine you guys are watching this, too, when we get to that scene, really prepare yourself, because... I wasn't prepared. It's just like, you know, sometimes when scenes happen, you have an expectation of where they're going to go, even with movies that are, like, you know, keeps you guessing and turning. It's like if you had, like, you know, even tricky, weird movies, you still have an idea. But then there's stuff that just really throws you, and they may be the simplest things ever. That thing where Aunt Clara is just sitting there with, like, her legs and feet drenching, like, just being soaking in a barrel... I don't know, that really got me. I, I, I just really want to know the directing choice there. You know, it was like, okay, so we need a giant t- a barrel. It's like, what for? For the foot circuit scene. <laughs> like, you know, what else would we need it for? 
Okay, so the part of the movie that we're up to right now is um, <clears throat> she wants to kind of get back at Jack for what he's you know kind of done to her. Like yes, get back at Jack. Um, so Ryan, the question is, um, oh, I love the dog guy. My dad, <laughs> he was a favorite of mine. The dog or no, the dog guy. Oh, the, the guy. This guy. This guy was a personal hero to me in this movie for some reason. You, he, he just got me. But go on, you were saying. Okay, so. Here we have, you know, let's just spread into two factions. We've got Jack and we've got Isabel. On Isabel, she's got a couple of people on her side, right? Yeah. So let's like list them out. So we've got um the, the two women. The two that's women. About it. Uh, no, Ryan. She has someone else on her side. The dog. No, there's someone else. Oh, oh, um, Iris. No, there's someone <gasps> Samantha. else. Samantha. <laughs> no, there's someone else. Ryan, look. Let me, let me read for you the description <laughs> for one of the quizzes that I did. This is the description. I hate you. Oh, look at that. The dog guy. The dog guy's just like got a hook with his stake on it going... <laughs> Go on. All right. So the description for one of these quizzes. Oh, please don't. This is about Bewitched, the film made in 2005, not the well-known TV series. Thanks. Will, will Isabel Saqid in her new role in Bewitched? Yep. Sakid in her new role in Bewitch the TV series? Take the quiz to help Isabel wipe I love Jack Wyatt's face. Okay. We, the quiz takers, were on her side too. Because we were answering questions. Is there an alternative quiz where you get to play for Jack Wyatt's side and you get to wipe the grin off her face? I hope so. <laughs> I, <laughs> fuck you. I like I like the description for that because at the end of the movie, we're not against Jack Wyatt. Here's the thing about Jack Wyatt: he's an anti-hero. If anything, he wants to be good. He's you know what I like about it. He genuinely loves the show, like not the show that he's in, but Bewitched. He wants to do right by it, but his manager is the one who's twisting and turning. And since. Jack White has pursued what I imagine were endeavours that he thought were going to be good, such as, what was it, Last Man on Kathmandu or whatever, and all these other all these other things. His agent, he's now listening to his agent. That's what I, I gather. And, and, you know, that's what made Will Ferrell, and Will Ferrell's general portrayal of this uh, character really makes you root for him and loathe him at the same time. I think that is the ultimate Will Ferrell uh, trait, Will Ferrell plays loathsome characters, morally bankrupt, dubious, downright dirty characters, but Will Ferrell has a comedic charm to him. He has a way in his eyes, but for me, I don't know about you, but for me, there's something with Will Ferrell's voice that just makes me laugh. Something in his voice, the tone, the inflections, he just really knows how to make me laugh sometimes, and I think that is what makes you like him at the same time. He has played some despicable characters, including Jack in this movie, and for some reason I still like him. Yeah, he does have a kind of matter-of-factly tone to his voice at times. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. He has this kind of high-pitched, whiny voice, and that's what makes me laugh, because he looks like the guy who wouldn't do that. Like That's why when he's just like... Are you going to get me pregnant? I can't get pregnant right now. Yeah, the, when, the first thing we see of him in this movie is he's talking to his manager, uh, just having a serious kind of talk. And I was like, oh, this is a different kind of Will Ferrell performance. Yeah, right? And then it's not until um, the manager tells him to stop being a pussy that he starts like, resembling the Will Ferrell that we know a bit more. Like, you know, 
He's like making these high demands about like having a leopard and stuff like that. So that is true. And his freak out later on. Will Ferrell's wiggling his nose. One of my favorite facts about this entire movie. Yeah. Is about wiggling noses. Mm-hmm. Did you read this fact about the wiggling nose? I might have, but uh, okay. Let me no know. shit. Nicole Kidman was not allowed to wiggle oh, her right. nose yes. until the film had already come out. But she was pestered and done it on a Jonathan Ross episode. I what? What? What studio is this? Why would you agree to Columbia, that? Columbia, I think it was. Why? I, what a weird thing to say no to doing. It's like, right. This movie Bewitched is going to be the best movie ever made. Nicole, you know what you need to do? Not wiggle my nose? You got it. <laughs> I mean, what? Like, oh, well, we've seen her performance now. We don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> can can she do it? Oh, okay. Don't need to see the movie now. Like, the movie would have just been like two hours of her Day wiggling her nose. Yeah, she should have like been like, yeah, not only can I wiggle my nose, but I do a certain other thing. So, not only do they want to murder him now, but they also want to Photoshop Will Ferrell fucking animals. <laughs> it's such a giant leap. <laughs> I mean, and this is where the movie really turns, isn't it, at this point? Yeah. Will Ferrell, where this is her, like, we've already seen her turn, but where she starts going, fuck it, and uses witchcraft and uh, to screw around with Will Ferrell and here she is Aunt Clara who okay be honest Mm -hmm. at this point I didn't know if this was the movie or the TV show within the movie now because Aunt Clara appears and and the doorknobs I think she collects in the show and I'm like oh okay so is it somehow now cut to the show because sometimes this movie does that where you're watching it and then somehow it's like oh no 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 it's them on the rehearsal now okay okay I didn't... This is where the movie really gets Inception-like. Where it questions... Makes you question, what is reality? What is fiction? This is magical surrealism at its best. Because Aunt Clara is in the show, but she's in her life as well. And uh, they don't watch Bewitched because it's, 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 it's bad. It makes fun of their culture. So, Bartek, do you think that the characters of her family were created into the TV show Bewitched? What do you think of the whole mythos of this universe that this movie is giving us in relation to the TV show Bewitched? I just kind of... Because these two women here, the one whose name we don't remember, um, she mentioned, oh yeah, the show Bewitched had a character called Aunt Clara too, and like all these facts she was telling on, and she was just responding with... Really? Like, I actually believe that she kind of didn't know those facts. Like, because Bewitched is a is a tab not tab well tabooish kind of subject. So. Yeah, for them, yeah. So I think as f- as much of a stretch as it is, it is coincidence. But like I mentioned earlier, and we'll get to this later, the Steve Carell thing just really kind of messes with my head. Steve Carell messes with my head. <laughs> so see, for me, I felt like. Honestly, when you talk, Michael Caine's like the only one who feels real bitter resentment towards the TV show Bewitched. Mm-hmm. And we don't know where Nicole Kidman's mother is in all of this. She's disappeared, so Michael Caine says. Right. I, for some reason, feel like at some point Michael Caine and this family of theirs somehow interacted with the creators of the show Bewitched and were 
inspiring characters and things of the TV show, and that's why Michael Caine is so, like, reclusive and doesn't like humans. That's just personally my interpretation of the movie. Here's something that I genuinely had an argument about with my household, and with myself internally. People see the magic like normal people. Like, Michael Caine was in a crowded street and disappeared, and no one noticed. Yeah, that that would be, that's a tricky question to answer, because, um... And nobody noticed Nicole Kidman talking to boxes of cereal earlier in the movie, just now. I thought that was going to be a joke. I thought, oh, she looks like she's crazy. But no, it just didn't happen. So do people not see the magic being used by magic users? Other than people who do magic, because... Iris is a witch, and she noticed, but nobody else did. Maybe they've got, like, some kind of sixth sixth sense that, like, tells them no one's paying attention now or something like that. Because, again, that is a... It's a a coincidence if they don't pay attention and just happen... No one happens to see it. Well, that's kind of like how... I guess, you know, it is a smart way to do it. It's kind of like in the TV show Bewitched that Agnes... Agnes, the next-door neighbour, is always looking through the window, seeing all this magic shit happen, and then every oh, time... Oh, which is like gets... a reference at the end of the movie. Yeah, and then yeah. she asks her husband to get up, and by the time he gets up, it's all gone, and he's just like, ah, Agnes, <laughs> and like, sits back down. Like, that's always a recurring gag. Uh, you know, it, that's what happens in I Dream of Genie and, and Bewitched, which is somehow their magic gets used, but nobody else notices it, except for one or two characters who their whole ambition is to try and out them to other people to make themselves not feel crazy. I Dream of Genie does that with Dr. Bellows, his boss, who is just like, what? No. Hmm? And they make him forget most of the time, but Agnes, they never make forget usually. She just is constantly like on the razor edge of sanity. Maybe they've got, like, a whole... Because we don't know too much about their wizardy witch world. Uh, maybe there is some kind of ministry of witches in the background that, like, I don't know, removes memories of people who who would be significant if they complained or made a uproar about seeing magic. Again, this is why the movie is a cinematic masterpiece. I mean, it gets the mythos, the mythology, the understanding, the rules of the TV show and twists them and turns them but doesn't break them but fully abide by them either, thus creating a new world of witchcraft and wizardry, such as, did you think that the wizards and witches and warlocks and magical creatures lived on Earth or they live in like a separate kind of stratosphere, realm that they can go to, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's... What was your feeling about that? It, it is... We only get glimpses into it, and it feels like this movie, even though it's just a one-off movie, could really benefit from, like, an expanded universe of some sort. Because yeah. uh, we did have that whole improvisation scene where, like... You need a permit. You need permits for poison apples. She's dated a warlock before, which means that... Because Nigel here tells us that... He's he, a witch. He's a witch. He's so warlocks, a warlock. are like a different breed. So warlock is something else completely. Because I thought warlocks were male witches. That's what I thought too. I thought like you either just switch between wizard or warlock. Yeah, so... Yeah, they're very interesting breed. Well, see, I thought that too. But then at the end, when Uncle Arthur, who... He's a whole can of worms to get into. Yeah. A big one. We'll get there. Um, when he says... 
you got to get her before she goes back to their land. She can't return until a hundred years. years. But then that's a lie. And then she says it's a lie. There are no other lands. They live on Earth. Yeah. So it's not like Harry Potter, where Harry Potter, they do live on Earth, but there's like that thing where muggles can't go to... Yeah, for one reason or another, they aren't aware of like another part of the train station and like wherever Hogwarts is. Yeah, they can't get there or they can't go there or they aren't aware. That's kind of... Is that the case for this? It, it might be. Look! <laughs> she's, oh, yeah, the bucket. She's just like got her foot in like a bucket, feet in a bucket and they, and they just don't talk about it. It's just like, oh, just accept it. She's eating crackers of some sort and she's just bucket. Okay, so maybe that Tom Cruise-looking guy would kick her out of bed if she ate crackers. <laughs> you know, this is the second movie in a row we've done on this show that has, like, a dick manager kind of guy. Yeah? Yeah. That's good. We need more dick managers. <laughs> now, if you told me that Paul Giamatti was in this movie as Marty Wolf from Big Fat Liar, and this was the same universe, I would believe you for for everything you say. Oh, they could have, like, a crossover where they actually do turn a oh, big fat guy giant. And Frankie Muniz can be Uncle Arthur. <laughs> 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 so, uh, another thing kind of relating more to Snow Day, where um, people have commented that the main character of that, Hal, was a bit creepy and kind yes, of Yes, for the cinematic Nickelodeon film, Snow yes. Day. Yes, we, we have Will Ferrell right now at this little portion of the movie. He is kind of like that too, but the movie doesn't make us hate him because they've established that he's under a hex. He can't help it. No, no it's not his fault. It's, so, it's entirely her fault. Uh, if anything, we should be creeped up by her. Yeah, so when we have this scene where they go up to wherever they go at night and are about to kiss and stuff, it actually does feel kind of nice that like we do get to see another part of him behind what we know is the things he can't help. Yeah, the ego. Yeah. So the the last thing I have to mention from the quiz that quizzes that I did was regarding what Aunt Clara, he even sniffed the purse. What Aunt Clara did to him. And the question is... Do I need to prepare myself? Like I did for that bucket scene? Maybe. Uh, okay, yeah. All right. Definitely what, then. What does Isabel's aunt do when she finds out that Jack White has been stringing Isabel along? The, uh, the answer is put a hex on him. Thank you. The other options are jinx him, <laughs> cast a spell on him, Well, yeah. or smack him around the face. <laughs> 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 with her hex. hex. <laughs> <laughs> so remember, guys, she didn't cast a spell, she didn't jinx him, she hexed, hexed him. him. It's a very different breed of creature, a yes. hex. So, did you have a favourite character in this film? Yes. And who was it? Yes. And to be fair, I'm, I'm not going to say the cat, because I love cats. cats I have a human favourite character in this. And who are they? Um, They don't have a name. Oh, thank you. This is, a, this is the best kind of this character. Is, this is another one where it's a character who only appears once, doesn't have a name, and... I Do they say know. lines? Yes, they have a line. That's why they're my favourite. So Conan O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> Conan O'Brien has a name. All right, Ryan. Do you remember the scene where Jack's wife uh, appears, basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to see it soon, yeah. Yeah, you remember at the end of... Towards the end of that scene where the fan blew on her and yeah. that pissed her off? Oh my god, f- my favourite character was one of the guys who was carrying that fan. Oh my god, I looked at him too. Was it the kind of fat looking dude? I, I don't remember what he looked like, but 
when the fan went off and, you know, distressed the wife, one of those guys just got really angry and quit his job. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that really concerned me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, like, that's it, that's a final straw, guys. Like, I genuinely got really concerned in that scene because I thought, oh, oh no, uh, Isabel's gonna be, like, feeling really guilty that she's caused this man such distress. Or, I know, like, she did rewind She's realising that her magic, like, the reason why she wanted to quit it is because it causes, like, problems in her life. And also... That man got really angry at the fact that fan went off. So like, uh, well, that he was one step away from going postal. That's that's the thing. Like, there was something going on in this man's. You life. want to watch his movie with the chick from Baby's Day Out, <laughs> and the couple from the tuxedo. Yeah, yeah. So th- this guy had some shit, and he was just pushed over the edge. It's, yeah, we should watch his midlife crisis movie. <laughs> <laughs> what he did afterwards, maybe. You know, maybe he got his job back. Maybe he calmed down a bit and... Paul Giamatti interviewed him for a new job. <laughs> He's like, you're the guy I need, man. You're the guy I need. And as we know, Marty Wolf did sort of abuse his people a bit. You know, Physically and emotionally. Emotionally more so. so. <sighs> Twinkie lady. There were lots of characters in this movie to choose from. For, for your me. favourite character? Yeah. You know, I, I didn't nail it down to a singular person, more a concept of a character, which was the manager as the devil. Uh, I really believe that if you watch this movie again and you're like, the real antagonist is his manager, it changes everything that you see. The manager was really uh, uh, one of the top picks for me of favourite characters. He was just... He's so self self assured, uh, you know. Like he gets fired at one point. And he's like, "Ha ha, okay," and then just keeps working for him. Uh, I also liked another not not a person but a concept, which was the fifteen televisions that Will Ferrell had in his house. <laughs> oh, yeah, all turned to the same stage <laughs> channel. What a nightmare! So she's rewound time. Yeah, you know, I didn't think about this. She rewound time to the point where Aunt Clara, at some reason now, doesn't come into the story? Yeah. Why? How did that affect Aunt Clara? Maybe because uh, Isabel knows what a dick is now? And that Mm, just, like, had a... Yeah, but how did Aunt Clara... Aunt Clara just visited, right? Yeah, she visits the next day. Yeah. I just don't understand. So some, some actions that she took just had a... Weird dynamic with the universe and made Aunt Clara decide not to visit. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me it was hard also for favourite characters because this chick that wants to tase and feed him to the sharks and... Uh, Photoshop him. Photoshop him with animals. She was just great. I mean, you know, so we're coming up to this scene where it's like a reenactment again, but instead he's talking about himself. <laughs> uh, look, on a level, I did love the whole crew like there's this one guy this uh this fat guy with glasses and he's just like yeah him in the middle there with the hat he he was pretty funny there were some moments where he was just like yeah yeah you know we we could we cast yeah, we could 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 i mean was, was he a yes man or something no like when they were like could we recast he's like oh, we could but like you know <laughs> indicating no he didn't seem to be too into the idea no, no one's into the idea. Yeah. Hug me. 
So that's the Will Ferrell we know. <laughs> that's the Will Ferrell we know. A giant man-child who's so insecure. Man-child, that's a good word for him, yeah. Well, that's exactly the word to use. It's, in fact, a few words. Two, to be precise. <laughs> oh, uh, it's a compound word. Oh, well, there you go. You got me th- You got me there. She got a 99. A 99. So, the... Oh, but yet again, you know, this 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 is a film that raises a lot of questions, doesn't answer all of them, and it really does play around with Bewitched, but you know, I really like the fact that they even scoff at the idea of I Dream Genie in this movie, because <laughs> there's a whole thing. You a fan of Bewitched or I Dream a Genie? Which one do you like more? you got to be on one side or the other. Team Cap, team, team Iron Man. Which side are you on, Batman Superman? Which side? I Dream a Genie? That's what's coming out this summer. Bewitched versus I Dream a Genie. <laughs> <laughs> and Will Ferrell's in both. He's on both sides. And he's alternated between Billy Crystal and Jerry Seinfeld as well on the Bewitched side. And so, Dame, Dame Edna as and Dame Edna Major Nelson. As Major Nelson. <laughs> so, did you like I Dream a Genie as well? Yeah, I think I watched a little bit more of I Dream of Genie than Bewitched, but I don't think I remember it as well as some of the Bewitched stuff. I liked I Dream of Genie more. Now, here's the thing, though. I think I Dream of Genie, I liked it more because I liked the central characters. I liked Major Nelson, and I liked Genie herself, and I think that's what beats it for for the contender of winner, uh, because Bewitched, I didn't like Darren. And I didn't like Samantha that much, but I liked Endora, I liked Uncle Arthur, I liked... Uh, it's like one has better secondary characters, one has better leads. Yeah, and the, the secondary characters are also fantastic. I think it's just overall, the general feels of the show are very similar, obviously, except one's witch, one's a genie. Uh, but I felt like the all-round cast and characters in I Dream of Genie I liked more. I liked Dr. Bellows, I liked, uh, you know, um, Major Nelson's friend... Uh, you know, he's, he's, he worked he's, at NASA, right? Yeah, they worked yeah. at NASA. They're astronauts or some bullshit. Uh, Nelson, you know, I liked all of them. I liked all of them. And you know what, though? The thing that Bewitched has that trumps I Dream a Genie any day, and this is what makes the... I'm going to single hand... Uh, this is a bold comment, but I think this one to not being in this movie is the single-handed reason why this movie is unappreciated. The character of the Witch Doctor... Dr. Bombay. Dr. Bombay is the best character of television. Yeah? He is great. He's played by a character actor who's a British man, an older British man with a mustache, and he, he's very, you know, he's, he's very, uh, you know, I talk like, you know, he's very Britishly gentleman, and he has this great booming British voice and all that kind of stuff. And his character was, the joke was, Dr. Bombay, whatever he is doing outside of the story that they bring him into is far more interesting than anything in the show. <laughs> so, like, one time they call him up because Samantha's having troubles and he's, like, halfway through a match of polo on Mount Everest riding wildebeests <laughs> versing a royal family. Right. And, you know, everything he does is far more interesting and he's kooky as shit because he's a witch doctor, right? So he checks the, for the pulse in the foot, not the neck or wrist or anything. And, you know, he has all these convoluted kind of recipes and ingredients and medicines and, and all, this, all this stuff and he's just far more interesting and he's just like this cavaliering adventurer, ladies' man charmer, comedic kind of character that's that all-round universally amazing character that you know for a fact that if you hung out 
with that character more often in a real TV like you know if they had their own spin-off show they're so amazing as a secondary character then it comes up once or twice that they would not have a show worth making mm. Dr. Bombay is that quintessential character that this movie really needed I really thought that Michael Caine was going to be Dr. Bombay <laughs> or something I was really hoping Dr. Bombay was going to turn up in this because he is like for me, he's better than Uncle Arthur. For me, he's better than Aunt Clara. But Dr. Bombay, him not being in this movie, I think it was a real detriment to it. I think so. People who don't know Bewitched and people who do know Bewitched knew deep down that there was that important character missing. And that character was Dr. Bombay. Did Bewitched have a cat? Like pet cat? Yeah, I think. Uh, isn't it in the opening credits? No. Well, yeah, like she an- turns into a cat. Well, yeah, the animated thing, but do they actually have a pet cat? I don't think so. I don't remember a cat. Oh, they had a kid. Well, this movie's kind of got that show beat then, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Dr. Bombay was the greatest. So, that is my opinion. But it's like, what do you think brought this movie to a failure in the general masses, to the untrained eye? What do you think brought this down? I mean, really, think about it. It has Nicole Kidman... It has Will Ferrell. It has Michael Caine. It's based on an old popular property. It's 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 good content itself, and it's directed by um, people who have worked on other big movies like You've Got Mail. So, what do you think went wrong? What do you think held this movie back? She wiggled her nose outside of the premiere. Oh, you got me there. <laughs> no, really, though. So, the, the show's from the 60s, right? Yeah, went into the 70s, I think. Would that mean that it had a kind of more appeal to people who did watch that original show? Yeah, I guess, but it's one of those cultural touchstones that everyone recognises Bewitched. It doesn't matter... If it's old, or if it's not, it it's just one of those universally loved shows. So it's just so important. So I don't think the whole it being older is going to deter younger people from seeing it necessarily, because you know, big movies have been made from properties such as Iron Man that nobody knew of before the movie. Like people did who were into the stuff, but mm. that's an example. It's a good question. Um. What did the, what did the trailer like kind of look like? Was it did it more emphasize? The trailer was amazing. If you want to see a movie summed up in two and a half minutes, watch the trailer on IMDb for this because it is a movie that this one is not. It is a perfect trailer. It is so mind-bogglingly. Maybe that's the reason why the trailer. Does not emphasize it as a comedy. Yep. The trailer, I shit you not. There's moments in the trailer where she's like, I don't want to be. Like, they get bits from the movie and they manipulate it into looking like this real romantic drama where she's got an inner turmoil about whether she should use her witch powers or not. And I shit you not. There comes one where she's, she's saying her lines like, it's hard to be a witch and be normal. And then. It'll fade to black, and the writing, this blue, funky writing will come up and be like, you know, it's hard to be normal. It's like, magic makes you more than normal. Question mark? Oh. Like, is it, it's like, you don't know. It's just shit like that. It's insane. So maybe the trailer, but 
I don't know. There's something. There's got to be something within the movie. Because trailers aren't the only reasons why movies can fail. Like, you know, Ghostbusters had an awful trailer, but people saw that. Hmm. Again, Ghostbusters, based on an older property as well. A popular one. And and the poster for this movie was the one of, like, them both on a broomstick and Will Ferrell's kind of, like, awkward looking and she's like, yeah, we're on a broomstick. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, and that, that sold me. Sold you? Mm. What, you didn't like broomsticks? No, I liked it. You're like, I... it's 2005. Use a rumba. I'm just like, I'm just kind of, you know, brainstorming all the sorts of things that people would know about this movie from. Like, what are what else is there? Is there there's trailers, posters, um, actors, actors, directors, directors, the production. They they all seem pretty good so far. So what is it that failed? I think I think deep down, it was uh, the fear of. Uh, contending with another popular movie about wizardry and witchcraft in a time where harry potter ruled our cinemas Mm. believe it or not every other movie that involved magic was not seen by the general mass you'd think during a time like that where okay we live in a time now where comic book movies are everywhere and Marvel is the dominating form, but not the only one. And people do see the DC ones, and people do see the other ones. And, you know, but when Harry Potter ruled, it ruled. There was no contest. There was no contenders. Even a movie like this, where it isn't trying to be Harry Potter, but it does have magic, no one wants to see it, because Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Fucking Harry Potter once again ruins it all. To think, uh, I was actually going to bring it up not too long ago when we were talking about the whole what do, what happens when uh, people see the magic thing. Because one of those movies, a guy did see a flying car, and they just never really resolved that. So you know, Harry Potter again to blame for Hollywood's failures. I mean, what was typical? Typical. We did a movie on this show where one of the reasons I brought up why it didn't do so well is because Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire and like Chicken Little. Mm. Uh, kind of overshadowed it. Like, yeah. I can't remember what it was. Can't remember, but if I, it was the Stepford Wives, then poor Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman just really needs to stop doing movies. And she has. And look at her career now. Fantastic. Jeez. Everyone misses her. It's like her and Cameron Diaz. They should come... <gasps> her and Cameron Diaz haven't acted in a while. I think they should come back in a movie together about witches. <laughs> right? They should come back in a movie, and it's called uh, The Sisterhood or something. (laughs) And they're standing back to back, and Nicole Kimmon's, like, wearing, like, the really old witch's hat, and and, uh, Cameron Diaz is, like, wearing the really wide brim one, and they're both standing there like, yeah! And it's a movie about two sisters who open up their own uh, firm... Of witchcraft in New York, and like they have detectives. <laughs> <laughs> to check, like witchcraft in this world is kind of like a law office. Like I don't know. It's like they come to you. It's like we need, we need you guys to use your witchcraft for this case. It's like okay, okay. This is the last time though. Oh, dead. So she's killed. Okay, so this is a scene where Nicole Kidman, our hero, our protagonist, wants and does kill a person. Not retconned. Here's the thing, though. If heaven exists in this universe, 
<laughs> Does that mean that she technically... She died, doesn't it? What happens to souls if you rewind? Like, uh, you know, I know it's a typical time trope thing, but, like, I don't know what happens. So, is she technically dead I suppose now? In, I suppose in this universe, uh, heaven would like, follow the same uh, time as Earth, because... Yeah. Unless we thought of heaven as, like, an an other-dimensionally thing that, like, does not follow the rules of this world, if that were the case, I guess her but soul does, would be split into two? Yeah, but does that mean wiz- witches, wizards, and warlocks are basically gods, then? If they can outmaneuver God himself, does that mean they're more powerful than him? Well, that's assuming that they are incapable of dying of old age. Well, because Michael Caine is thousands of years old, according to him in the movie. Mm. He's, I've been around for thousands of years. So is it this guy holding it? I think it might be. So, yeah, all her hair extensions fall out, which is like, ha ha, funny. Oh, Joey, they said it. Joey, the, the place is spooked. I quit. Yeah, okay, yeah. so it was the fat guy. Yeah, yeah. I love it. He's like, just yeah. spooked. That's oh. it. He, he had a reason. He's like, he believed in witchcraft. Okay, so I was wrong. He does have a name. It's Joey. He believed in magic. Joey's my favorite character. Wait, holy shit. He answered our question. People can see magic. He did. Because <laughs> he just said, I'm out. This place is spooked. Like, he oh, knew yeah. it was magic involved. Holy shit, wouldn't it be... Okay, I'm not telling you that this movie isn't already great, but could you make this ten times better by, for some reason, he still remembers her being crushed to death? <laughs> for some reason, uh, he did not get retconned? If that were... I'd like to see that movie. And he's just, like, haunted by it the whole time. He's like, oh my god, like, oh, oh my. And he's just, like, having a nervous breakdown about it. He's, like, watching other instances. And then, and then, he would be like, why couldn't you stop 9-11? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good question, actually. Again, okay, this movie doesn't have the Harry Potter rules, because Harry Potter rules are, like, they don't offend. Like, they don't enter into muggle stuff, hence they don't stop World War Two and shit. Right? Right. Why doesn't... Why doesn't Nicole Kidman, who is assumably hundreds of years old, because she's the daughter of Michael Caine, he's thousands of years old, she is not 34, or whatever. Hold on, hold on. When Bewitched was on, like, TV, wasn't she, like, a kid, though? So she'd be at least a couple of... No, no, or, she or said that she just reruns. wasn't allowed to watch it. Right. I don't know if she said she was a kid or not. I can't remember. Oh, that's why he's holding the broom. I was, like, watching the scene. I missed that bit. I was like, why is this guy holding a broom behind Will Ferrell's head for the entire scene? <laughs> no, I knew what it was. Yeah, well, good for you. So, I don't know. Was she a kid? I, I just thought I just thought she wasn't allowed to watch it because it's not in their culture. It's banned. I just assumed that, like, because she was following that rule so, you know, carefully, it was like, oh, you know, when I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons, you know, something Uh, like that. Yeah, she's blending in with human society. It's one of those things, if she was so powerful, why didn't she stop, why didn't she stop Hitler? You know, again, you know, you could go into this for years. Well, maybe Hitler was also... A wizard? A wizard which, oh my god, don't even... Like, I think in, like, Assassin's Creed lore, like, Hitler, oh, yeah, Hitler yeah, was that, an assassin. In Assassin's Creed lore, which obviously applies to Bewitched lore, uh, Hitler was an assassin and wizard. And in Captain Planet lore, he fought Captain Planet. Did he? Yeah. 
Did he have his own captain? But he had like a handlebar moustache just so that they'll be like, oh, it's not Hitler, it's... It's Heinrich. I don't know. It's Harley. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is the thing. Michael Caine, at this point, now discovers... Well, he doesn't discover. We discover as the audience that she is, in fact, a witch. But she's already told us through telling Michael Caine that she was a witch. But we didn't believe her because she was kooky. And she's playing a witch. So we're like, oh, okay, she's, she's like, you know, getting into the role or whatever. But what were the chances that she, Iris was actually a witch and that for some reason the casting directors managed to hire two witches on the set of Bewitched to play the witch characters on Bewitched? Well, first of all, I believed her when she said she was a witch. Did you? I did. When she said, I'm a witch, I turned out the lights of London, you actually believed her. Well, that might have been a tale, but I believe that she was a witch. Okay, I did not believe her. Okay. I did not believe her because her character throughout the movie had indicated to me that she was just one of those actresses who gets into the, you know, kind yeah, of I, I stratosphere her... of that. So I dismissed it. And then when she did her magic, I was like, oh, genuinely surprised. Because I'm like, oh, wow, I should have trusted what she said. Like, oh, silly me. I was Michael Caine. In that... <laughs> I'm Michael Caine. I'm Michael Caine. <laughs> I did this movie for a boat. I mean, <laughs> you know that, right? Michael Caine has movies called, like, boat or house movies where he does them just so he can get a new house or a new boat. <laughs> Jaws 4, he did that. He's like, I don't remember, but I remember the house they got me. And he's like, jeez, Michael. I think this is one of those movies. But even in those movies, he is a star. There's a reason why he's a star. <laughs> does he not notice that he gets a mustache? Will Ferrell? He thinks it's a trick. No, no. Jason Schwartzman. Oh, um, probably not. So how does it work? So Magic. No, no. Magic, yes. But <laughs> in terms of magic, does that mean she technically rewrote history for him to have a mustache? I just Like, assumed... because he doesn't recognize these mustaches. I assume she put it there. Like, does that mean she can turn a man into, like... A walking tub of jelly with legs. Like how how strong I, is her magic? Uh, yeah, that's kind of a vague thing. Like they're able to do a lot of crazy things. Why like, can't they just when they bring in time travel? It's like oh well, what's what's the extent? And like all, all these certain points where she could use that time travel just to make things a bit more convenient. Look, um, I'm not saying that this movie needed to have more cohesion, like the Prince of Persia, the Sands of Times movie, where that movie understood time travel, but it maybe needed it. Not like that movie. This one I could buy that this is all one, you know, timeline because they actually have the rewind symbol there. So it's like kind of going back and like deleting what just happened. Hey there, I have hepatitis C. Is some Okay. Uh, When I said to you, Bartek, we're watching Bewitched. Yeah. Before actually having watched it now, who did you think this movie was targeted towards? Like age groups. Like who do you think was allowed to watch this movie? Before watching it, and now I, after watching it. I assume that using the Australian rating systems, it would be around the PGM rating uh, place. Um, okay. There was a point in this movie where a character mentioned sex, and that kind of, like, something in my head, like, oh, okay, so this probably is for a bit more sighting towards the M rather than the PG. So, but, but then yeah. not, nothing too much else really... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought, okay, so this is going to be like, this could be appropriate for kids. But literally, everything the manager says makes this movie for adults. Yeah, like the kicking out of bed and stuff. The first thing he says is, one of the first things he does say is, you're being a pussy. 
You want to be the man of Pussy Town? Do you want to live in Pussy Town? It's like, Jesus, we. Is that is that bad looking from like our point of view, or was that like a was that actually bad language back then too? Because nowadays we have no, this whole bad. idea of like it's bad you know, for kids. Right. You're not going to see a Pixar movie say pussy. Yeah. Even if it means coward or whatever, you're not going to have a kids show or kids movie say pussy. Pussy's too much. It's too yeah. too much. Yeah, fair enough. You know, kids things do get away with a lot. I'm not saying that there aren't any that have got haven't got away with using pussy, but not this. Not this. You know, and and you know, it's just very confusing at the time of watching it. But now having watched it, I know what audience. It's for Will Ferrell. (laughs) It's for Will Ferrell's audience. This movie's Will Ferrell's movie. It's kind of ironic that in the movie, it's about a guy who's making a show about the woman, about him, and it's supposed to be about the woman in the movie that we're watching. But really, it's kind of about Will Ferrell. From this point onwards, it kind of does switch main characters because it's about him trying to make up for this blunder. Uh... Really, in all fairness, though, he approached it from the most realistic point of doing it. it really, though. I, he, he jumped onto the possibility that he might have had, like, influential magic on him. Yeah, and how betrayed would you feel? <laughs> He's just like, are oh, you some? And you wouldn't know. You would be such a betrayal of trust. Mm. So, Will Ferrell, at this point, it's skipped ahead in time. The TV show has been made. Yeah. Or has it? I don't understand. Well, no, two episodes had already been shown because they had the character ratings. Yeah, but now it's skipped ahead because he disappeared down to Mexico and he's a homeless man. And she's quit the show. Is he homeless? Well, look at him. I mean, Like, he... nobody knew where he was and he was brought up by security and they didn't even recognise him. He looks like a mess, but I don't... Okay, but, you know, well, he was picking coins out of the fountain... I just took that as kind of like a wacky Will Ferrell thing. No, I thought it was like he's felt so bad that he's had a breakdown about the whole thing and he's gone into like this reclusive thing. Time has passed since that last scene where he was screaming. I don't know how much. I don't think it was too much. But honestly, I thought it was a year. (laughs) (laughs) And she's still deciding whether to quit. No, 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 no. I think... I think she has quit, but they're like, you know, you should go back, blah, blah, blah. Because they're already recasting it. In this speech given here, I do believe that Christian Chenoweth, who is in this movie, eventually they're like, oh, they're recasting it, blah, blah. So here we are, the recasting scene, you know. So how much time has passed? It's very, very, very curious. Yeah, look, I... Obviously, we don't have the evidence, but I don't think too much. Wouldn't passed. it be great if this scene had Meryl Streep all <laughs> auditioning for it? And they're like, nah, we don't want any big names. Yeah. And Meryl like, Streep and Dame Edna would be good. Uh, Robin Williams? <laughs> he was still around. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he would have dressed up in a dress. He's still got the ketchup sauce. That's like the part I love. He's still holding it. Yeah, I noticed that when he was walking past so, the people in the, the line. He just loves it. I didn't notice it at this point, though. It's great that he still has it. 519? Uh, yeah, it's how old Nicole Kidman is in the movie, I guess. Oh, well, maybe. Uh, I oh, love this. This is, where this he is cries. great. Will Ferrell has a great cry. It's funny. It's so funny. Like, I never. I've never laughed at anyone cry so much as I do with Will Ferrell, because when he, la- he he cries in all of his movies, and it's always the same one, it's always the same kind of crying. 
I just find it funny. I don't know. He's. It was especially man childy in Step Brothers. <laughs> I know you don't like that movie, but <laughs> I hate Step Brothers. I know you do. So, Bartek, did you have a favorite scene or moment? What were some scenes or moments that really, really highlighted the brilliance of this movie for you and just really touched you? Um, well, all the moments where I've mentioned the film is clever. Like, um, <laughs> I like this scene too. Sunday Fools. <laughs> um, yeah, all the scenes where I just thought the movie was really clever for doing things differently and not how uh, I would have expected them to. Like, um, they they made Will Ferrell that you know the, with the hex on him a creepy character. But then she somehow bought into it, and she got to see a real side of him. He's wearing sunglasses. I just love this. Like, the other guy's like, just he's wearing sunglasses, <laughs> and it's supposed to be a Roman movie. <laughs> he's got Atticus Rex, and then an onion for Willie. Sorry, an onion for Willie. Oh, yeah. And there's Willie. Really... So you were saying, yeah, there's a series of... of a, it, yeah, just doing things cleverly, not how we'd expect them to, and... um. We haven't, we haven't mentioned that uh, Isabel's really attracted to uh, l- helpless people, hopeless people. Yeah. Well, she just wants a normal person. No, I, I get what I get what she's going for. She wants someone that can like <laughs> I love the cat's eyes that that can like rely on her that she can kind of like fix in a way with her presence, like the the, the desire to be needed, and. The German, and when um, well, what what was I going to say? When in the improvisation scene where Will Ferrell was like asking her to be like her TV wife and stuff like that, she was acting like he didn't say the TV part. Like, oh my god, you actually really like me. You want you want to marry me? I thought the movie was gonna go for like a kind of misunderstanding bit there because at that point we weren't entirely sure how with it she was with the world like she doesn't wouldn't understand how it works kind of kind of like um back when we watched Oz the Great and Powerful how Mila Kunis didn't understand that James Franco's characters uh kind of throwaway-ish lines weren't trying to chain him to her I guess you could say yeah that's that's true and yeah, the movie didn't go in that direction. She it told us that yeah, she knows how the world works. She's just trying to not use so much magic, and it's probably the first guy she's ever been with, so she's Lab. learning. Learning. So the big can of worms is about to enter the movie. Are we going to cut to the Conan bit? Conan. Because of a certain other character that appears in that scene. Yes, Aruba. But then again, perhaps away. So, yes, Conan O'Brien's in this, but he's not Can of Worms. The I know, Can I know. of Worms we've mentioned is obviously Uncle Arthur. Yep. Okay. I I don't know if the film didn't pay attention or I didn't pay attention. <laughs> is Uncle Arthur real? Yeah, I I struggle to understand what he is there. Could it possibly... You know, the thing that really gets me is that Will Ferrell recognises him. Well, yeah, because he loves Uncle Arthur. That was his favourite character. Yeah, but we've established that Uncle Arthur does not look like this man right here, right? They look... They look... 
close. He looks close enough to to Uncle Arthur. I think that's why they cast Steve Carell. He really does kind of look like Paul Lynn, and he kind of does have the flamboyancy going on. But you know, he's not obviously the actor died. But yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be the actual Uncle Arthur. Could it be that in this universe, the one person that was cast in the original Bewitched was the Uncle Arthur character? Like he was actually a witch. Yeah, Paul Lind. Yeah, yeah Paul Lind. Uh, well, here's the thing. Now, I don't know if this is true. My my girlfriend said to me, oh, I thought they said in the movie that Iris, like, Iris cast a spell to bring the character, the character of Uncle Arthur to life. I don't know if that's true. That's why I'm reading intensely the subtitles to see. But in my understanding... He somehow the character has manifested. Not, I don't think it's the actor. He's wearing fat suit. That, that's the thing that got me. You're from the TV show, right? So it's like, and he's blonde eyes. So, yeah, I don't know. So he's not real. He's not real. That's that's. He's only temporarily real. So he is a spell, I think, because he's only temporarily real. Right. And he's the character of Uncle Arthur. Now, a fun fact in the trivia, I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, so he's even been, like, I've been in reruns, blah, blah, Um, He is the character of Uncle Arthur brought to life. Now, in the trivia, they had a fun thing, which was, you know, they point out that Uncle Arthur's a bad driver. Oh, yeah, like, Paul Lind played a... Like a different a, character yeah. originally who was like an anxious car driving teacher and that's a smart smart little reference in there I think that's very good uh, so the, but that adds to the weirdness of Uncle Arthur so Uncle Arthur is but it doesn't actually say Iris cast a spell so far so oh Iris is a witch so he knows Iris is a witch so I think that's why my girlfriend and now me believe that she cast a spell to bring the character of Uncle Arthur, his personal favourite character, to life to motivate him to get with the girl. See, I just don't think Iris that has that much of an impact on this movie other than the fact that she makes uh, Michael Caine's character realise uh, how good love is. Uh, I don't know. Like, she does have that whole thing of, um, oh, Isabel's not alone in this whole a witch trying to live in the world with humans. She she can rely on, like, this mentor kind of character, but I don't know. I don't really think she does all too much in this movie. Yeah, but Uncle Arthur does a lot, and he... Yeah, he's very confusing. I just want to know, is he real or not? So, like, he's only temporary. So there is no real Uncle Arthur character. This is like the TV show character. So Paul Lind still exists in this in this timeline. Like I don't know if he's dead by this point, the actual Paul Lind. But uh, if he bumped into Paul Lind, the actor, would there be a, a double take? Like, I I don't know. I just <laughs> this of... is the real Inception, Uncle Arthur, the Inception. I just, yeah, my theory was like, oh maybe. Paul Lind was secretly a witch all along and he could sh- shapeshift or something to look younger. <laughs> wouldn't it be great if, if... Oh, wouldn't it be great if the original cast of Bewitched was this exact same situation where it was a witch and a real human and a real witch and all of them were all real witches except for Darren? 
and any other human character. Plus, like, like every other. Every time they do Bewitched, every person that's a magic character is actually in real life magic. I wish, yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's smart. What if they do another one and. Maybe like... that's why, for some reason. Oh, here's the thing, though. Magic just randomly happens in this movie. Like, I don't know. Like, okay, remember earlier before Aunt Clara came, the little witch doll smiled? Yeah, and then Elizabeth Montgomery's photo, her eyes changed. Like, so whose magic is that? Or at first you're supposed to take it as, oh, that's just Nicole Kidman looking at it to get inspired or be mischievous. But now, with Uncle Arthur being a physical manifestation that can be seen and exists really the top witch at work in yeah, this movie is it like is it iris is it michael kane is, is it, it nicole kidman's mum? could it be like that witches like around them permeate some kind of magical atmosphere that makes the world interact with them as they want like she didn't like consciously go all right elizabeth now like make your eyebrows sterner at me or something like maybe like she looked at that photo and she thought, oh, I, I need motivation. And then, like, the magic atmosphere just was like, all right, I'll interact with this to motivate you or whatever. I, like, obviously nothing in this movie, like, acts me up on that, but... um, See, this is why it's one of the greatest films ever made. I mean, there's a lot of problems to the movie, but it strengthens the movie at the same time. See, we have just been sitting here asking a lot of questions, and the film doesn't necessarily give us all the answers to, but that is what true art is. Art is something that provokes thought and discussion, and this is art. It has provoked lots of discussion between Bartek and I, and I imagine you as well, the listener, having watched the movie with us and us talking about it. It's a real head-scratcher, but not in a dumbfoundingly confusing way. I wouldn't say that when I walked out of this movie I was confused at what happened, but I was intrigued. Yeah, same here. I mean, really, the centre of the movie is the relation. Certainly more so after the Hex is retconned by the time travel. It's centred around the relationship between uh, Isabel and Jack. That's right, yeah. yeah. That's exactly, I would say that's exactly right. And it's, it's a real relationship with real problems like one of them has a thing about her that people would find uh abnormal maybe scary and she has to she wants to come to terms with it in terms of not using it too much and also telling her other that hey this is a thing about me that i think you really should know about and i don't want you to freak out about it here's something yeah um what what is I'm trying to think of the the correct uh, way to to pose this question. Mm-hmm. Does does the possibility of them having a kid uh, does that mean the kid will turn magical? Because in the TV show Bewitched, the kid is magic. Mm-hmm. But does that work in real life in this universe? Yeah, maybe like coincidentally does work the same way. Or will mud blood thing again? Or maybe or, may, or maybe <gasps> wait. It's the cat. Yeah? The cat? The cat's doing all of this because the cat ah. has randomly been in all of these poignant scenes. Could the cat be the real top It is creature? Like, top person crafting all the stuff here? Because why is the cat here? Yeah, d- She brought does, it with her. But... Does the cat have magic? Like, does... 
does it open the doors? Does it create the cat flaps? Like, but like, is the cat influencing them? Because here's the thing too. According to Michael Caine and what he says, witches can't detect magic and spells and hexes being used on them. They can't detect that because he doesn't know if he's been spellbound or or cursed or is actually in love. And the cat is forever there in all of these majorly poignant moments for Nicole Kidman. Maybe the cat is influencing them with magic and they are unaware because in this universe... Maybe it's magic... off screen for some of the scenes where we don't see it. Oh, yeah, but like for the poignant scenes where she's deciding moral stuff, the cat is there. When she's at her house... When she's with her friends, so it might be, yeah. It's an interesting thing to to postulate about this this movie. Now, fun fact about the uh, credits, they're all on the right hand side of the uh, screen. Were they like this for you, Bartek? I'm pretty sure they were in the middle. Well, mine are on the right. I think they were, but mine are all on the right side, leaving the left side completely blank. And usually with that, there's usually going to be like a piece of footage showing. Yeah, something to look at. Not at all. You know what happens? (laughs) What? Font is massive. So you'll see in a sec. I think it may be legitimately like this. I don't know. But that was the cinematic classic masterpiece of magic captured on film Bewitched from 2005. Now, something before we start our reviews, I, I think needs to be said. Yeah. I don't think we praised it enough. I think Nicole Kidman was perfectly cast. I know that I said a bunch of stuff about her being crazy and schizophrenic and all that, but even if this movie didn't go the way it did and they actually did want to cast Amande Samantha, I think she was a perfect choice. I, I would agree with that, yeah. I, I didn't see in her crazy or schizophrenic atmosphere being, like, a bad thing at no, all. No, but, you know, just to just to highlight that, Nicole Kidman, I do miss her presence, and, you know, she's an Australian actress, so I, I appreciate her on another level for us being also based in Australia. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think she really does manage to carry this movie. As well as Will Ferrell, we we just got talking about all the other big characters, but she really is the backbone of this movie, and she does a fantastic job, and I think, you know, it needed to be mentioned. Good protagonist. Bartek, let's hear from you for review and a rating. Well, just quickly, you asked me, if they had a kid, what would happen there? Maybe the world of witches isn't so far from humans that maybe there is a genetic thing going on like maybe they'll pass on like a magic gene or maybe they won't magic but like in the form of AIDS so it's just going to spread all over <laughs> yeah maybe it's um oh man I've got a serious case of magic serious <laughs> case of magic yeah like there's a chance that you will inherit the magic genes there's a chance that you will have them but you won't be magical there's a chance that you won't have them at all so your kids won't have them either Alright, so, final thoughts on the movie. I definitely liked it a lot. Certainly, of the romantic comedy, it's up there. And even for the romantic comedy movies out there, definitely out there in the top part of the list. Um, Will Ferrell, we see see Will Ferrell in a specific way when we think about him. And Starsky and Hutch was definitely one of the examples where we saw his more crazy side. His talent. His talent. Um, And that one, he didn't necessarily go as crazy as other ones. It was just his character's 
um, values and his motivations and his and how much he really wanted to sell that this is his value. His obsession with dragons. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, stop. I'm thinking about it now. Okay, but we do see him in more serious roles, like. As funny as his Lego character was in the Lego movie, his portrayal as the dad in that movie... Very serious. ...was very serious and very touching. We see good sides to Will Ferrell in many of these movies. Like, you even mentioned earlier that um, even though he's a man-child in a lot of these movies, he does command a certain air of realism in terms of... um, you know, when he's upset in movies, even though he shows it in kind of silly ways, you do buy that he's upset, and you do kind of root for him. You want him to get better. Um, Nicole Kidman, I'm not as familiar with as Will Ferrell, but certainly from seeing her in many movies like uh, Stepford Wives and this one, you could definitely tell that she does a great job acting, and even the Wikipedia page like just praises her a lot for <laughs> it. Um, she went to the Victorian Centre of the Arts in Melbourne, I think, when she was acting. Um, and the side characters in this movie are all pretty great. Like, um, even though I mentioned that I didn't think, uh, the Iris had much of a part in this movie, not much significance, I really liked her, especially in the scene where they were filming her character and Dora's day. She kept, like, bowing. <laughs> she kept bowing, and, like... And I, I can see what you mean by you thinking that, like, she's just this kind of... Not so much crazy, but... Cause eccentric. Eccentric, kooky character who just, like, goes with the flow and, like, doesn't really react to things. Certainly, when you mentioned that, like, um, her actually doing magic freaked you out, I was like, oh, okay, I can now see where you're going, because when you first mentioned it, I thought you were a bit crazy. <laughs> um, and the dad... Um, I feel like they could have used a bit more of his uh, apprehension to the whole idea of her being in Bewitched because he has that line that that's um, not sacrilege. What was the word he used? Oh, I can't remember. It's like yeah, in, in, you know, embarrassment, embarrassing uh, culture. Yeah, basically, stuff. sort of like racism to his culture, heresy and all that. Yeah, yeah. heresy. I thought I thought I could have liked to have seen a little bit more of that, but. As we've definitely established in this episode, this movie really, more than any movie that I can think of, has the audience asking for more. That is true. Your rating? Yes. So if I have to give this movie a rating, and I have not thought about this at all... Don't worry. I would have to give this movie a... Half-Naked Genie out of a Broomstick. Boy, oh boy! Boy, oh boy! Man, oh man of La Mancha! I'll give you my rating now. Um, rating already? Rating from the start. Uh, no, I'll give you my review. This movie, before watching it, I asked basically the one real question. I went in a roundabout way of saying it, but what I really was asking was, what is this? Mm-hmm. What is this? Because with remakes, reimaginings, and revamps, there's that question of, well, what is it? Is it a remake? Is it a reboot? Like, it's so hard to tell, especially even now in our culture now, where it's way more prominent and the line is just blurry. You can't tell anymore. This movie, now having watched it, I know what it is. It is beautiful. It is glorious. It is imaginative. It is art. And possibly one of the best films ever made. And it is an unappreciated masterpiece. This film brings up many questions. But 
The real important thing is that it brings up many emotions, from joy to sadness to anger to frustration, back and back and forth between those and various things in between. This film really is something to behold. It is something to remind you about why films are made. What I like about this is that it does have the behind the scenes of the making of the TV show. Instead of just going the typical way of just redoing the TV show in a 90 minute whatever timeline of a movie format, this goes into the behind the scenes and instead of doing it just your typical Hollywood conventional way, they do it in a different way. And I think that and the talent involved really carry this along, making it different yet similar to the much-loved Bewitched. Yeah, it's an interesting way of doing a tribute. Like we mentioned mm. with Starsky and Hutch, and I guess you could also say with 21 Jump Street, they did just make the the thing again, but but, uh, but differently. In joke. Like, in- ha, get it? This is, this is different to the original... And we're not the original, but you know that has its place. But this, this takes imagine imagination on another level. It feels it more is, loving to the yeah. The there is you know Starsky and Hutch was very loving too, but this it's different degrees of love. Yeah. If I had to give it a rating, it's very hard. You know, a lot of the time I give these things kind of a jokey rating, you know? Mm-hmm. But for this one, I'm feeling really, uh, like, really drawn and tender to the to the film. Uh, giving it a joke kind of rating just doesn't seem, seem appropriate. But at the same time, this movie is a comedy, and I will have to give it a... A, uh, I would have to give it five Will Ferrell man-childs out of five. Right, that's good. So, a, a lot of people had a lot of things to say about this film. I'm curious. Now, I will be honest, most of it was negative. Yeah. It was very hard to find any positive reviews. This time round, there are fewer reviews than normal. Because of that reasoning of there was just so many negatives. But the last review, you will find the reasoning of why I needed not to pick any more than four. Okay. Are they from another dimension, Ryan? Or are these more... These are from another field of education. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to do the last one. We'll get there. Okay. Ten stars. This was written in 2005, and it's called NOT, in capitals, NOT... As bad as been led to believes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, sometimes I'll be raising my voice to indicate that they put this in all caps. Okay. Because sometimes they do. Yeah. When you go to see a sitcom made to a full-length motion picture, you go in expecting to see, a, to see certain things. Almost all of the people involved in the television show are dead now. But I think all of them would have approved of this. What is the plot? Simple. That's the end of the sentence. Okay. <laughs> what is the plot? Simple. Nicole Kidman plays Isabella, a real witch who wants to leave that behind to be like a mortal. She's cast in the role, they spell role as in R-O-L-L. Oh, uh, like rolling. <laughs> of Samantha in a remake of the TV show. It is goofy and silly and nonsensical in places, but so was the TV show! Shirley MC, 
that's Shirley MacLaine, is great as the actress who was a grand actress in the past, but placed in a sitcom that doesn't really showcase her talent. Do not expect anything complicated from this. I enjoyed it for what it is. It's light fun. My main criteria for liking a movie is do I think I got my money's worth? And I was anxious for it to end. Yes and no. Many of the performances are great. At times, Nicole Kidman looks just like Liz Montgomery, and there are plenty of still, uh, plenty of still of Liz and video of her to compare during this film. Michael Caine was excellent, and Steve Carell is spot on as Uncle Arthur. I mean, spot on. <laughs> I grew up watching this and was anxious to see if they harmed its memory. They did not. Do not expect a message. Go to laugh a lot and be charmed, and you'll have fun. Okay. Next one, 2006. Uh-huh. Ten stars. Brilliant, underrated movie. <clears throat> this is a movie that so many people hated, but if you're prepared to go with the multi-layered fantasy, you might just love it. It's like a love letter to the original Bewitched TV series, which is why Aunt Clara and Uncle Arthur are there, and why they are so many in-jokes that you won't get if you haven't watched much of the series. If you have, however, you'll get it. The film feels at times as fluffy as a musical comedy. Indeed, it has visual references to several, and other times like a screwball or sitcom. Generically confusing, therefore, uh, yeah, it's generically confusing, therefore, but that's part of the fun. Why have a boring linear narrative in a singular genre when you can do anything you want to? Lots of analogies between the magic of film and movie going and witchcraft itself. Also, no patriarchal nonsense about women women having to give up their powers, as with so many witch movies. This is a bubbly, not entirely consistent roller coaster ride. Give it a try. You might like it. I do like how it pointed out that, like, filmmakers, you can do whatever you want to, so why have problems and stuff, but... Yeah, okay. Okay, this one's a bit of a long one, but it's worth it. Alright. Eight stars. 2010, so a slightly newer review. Hmm. Nicole Kidman has bewitched me. Now, this review may contain spoilers. Oh. Nicole Kidman has bewitched me. Smiley face. Oh, (laughs) shut up. I know it's lame, but I had to say that. I love Nicole Kidman. She is such a talented actress and so extraordinarily beautiful. I have never seen her in a comedy before, but she does amazing drama movies. Before I completely lost my mind for Christian Stewart, I was in love with Nicole Kidman. And then this is all in brackets. Well, Christian was very young when I began to like her, only a year difference, and when you are a teenage kid, you tend to have a crush with the older girls. (laughs) And brackets. The characters she played here could have easily gone into complete airhead or dits and could have been annoying, but she carries it off with so much grace. Most of the time, Will Ferrell can carry off 15-minute skits, but not an entire movie all by himself. 
thankfully, he does carry it off hilariously here. And the credit must go to the director, Nora Epron, who has directed Julie and Julia, Sleepless, uh, Sleepless in Seattle, and the writer of When Harry Met Sally. This was a really entertaining movie, which had me sad for Nicole Kidman's character. I normally don't have tears in my eyes while watching a chick flick, but this film made me that sad for Nicole's character. Chick flick? (laughs) Isabella Bigelow slash Samantha Nicole Kidman is a witch who has recently promised herself not to do magic anymore and wants to live a normal life. Make a pathetic guy fall in love with her and just enjoy the little things in life. Is that her goal? I guess. Okay, back to the review. It was a motivation she had at the start. I don't think she said pathetic. But it wasn't, like, so self-centered. Okay. Okay, so enjoy the little things in life. She's quite funny and joyful and lives life as she wants. Slash, but... (laughs) <laughs> they just have a slash there. Okay. Slash. But she finds out that living without magic isn't as easy, and now again bends her promise. Jack White slash Darren, Will Ferrell, is a famous movie star whose recent films have tanked at the box office, and he is now trying to regain his popularity by remaking an old TV hit, Bewitched, with an unknown actress who has the magical nose. He spots Isabella at a cafe and begs her to join his TV show, and she, t- and she in turn falls for him. He is in fact a conceited, prideful, and ignorant man, and wants his character to outshine Isabella's in every episode of the show. Nigel Bigelow, Michael Caine, her father, doesn't approve of her, of her style of living, and wants her to revert to her old self. He is kind of a playboy, but when he meets Endora, Shirley MacLaine, an old lady who is a famous star of yesteryears, he falls for her. Will Isabella have the life she always wanted, or will she be left heartbroken? Steve Carell as Uncle Arthur does an amazing cameo in the climax, which is downright hilarious. As I've already told, Nicole Kidman is one funny girl in this movie. I was... (laughs) I was pulled in by a very endearing performance. The things she does with her nose is so cute, and I loved it. I just love that. The things she does with her nose is so cute, and I loved it. That was in the original TV show. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Caine and... uh, uh, Yes, Michael Caine and uh, Shirley MacLaine. What a rhyming name. Michael Caine and Shirley MacLaine were also good. I liked how she kept a secret till the end. The time reversal scene was very enjoyable. The screenplay is also entertaining, and I liked how it made fun of itself and the Hollywood actors who think they are above others because they are so popular. Because of Nicole Kidman and Will Ferrell's acting, nor Epron's sweet, sweet direction, Ooh. this movie will endear you very much. Go on, give it a try. 8 out of 10. It's a good, uh, good syn- extended synopsis. Now, it was more than just that. It was a heartfelt review. It was, that's definitely... Now, I'm just preparing myself, because this next one is the last one, and, um... I've been waiting for it, yeah. (laughs) It's not a review. It's a thesis, I would say. (laughs) It's, it's, it's not a review, but more of a thesis. Uh, I would, I would, I would attest it to. Okay. It has no title. Is it long? 
It is long. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It is eight stars, written in 2008. The review may contain spoilers. Big spoilers in this comment. You may wish to see the film first, despite most of the reactions posted. So that's just a little warning there for you. Okay. Tiptoeing through this movie's site calls to mind images... (laughs) (laughs) Images from Cole Porter's song, Miss Otis Regrets. When the mob hauls the heroine from jail to the hanging tree, such a demure victim, such a, <laughs> such a violent, wrathful crowd. However, let me take a whirl at defending. Bewitched. <laughs> I love that. Let me take a whirl at it. <laughs> okay. Go for it, man. <laughs> this is a clever variation on classic TV... Uh, th- this clever variation on classic TV delighted me. No, it's not Clueless or Shakespeare in Love or the Jane Austen Book Club, all of which run changes on genius, yet Bewitched does provide talented actors with a slyly subtle script. Set down your rope and torches for just a little while and let's explore the film a bit. Perhaps we can uncover an inner structure worth watching. Creative... uh, This is great. Creative guy number one on page ten of this site coherently remarks... Oh, fuck. Did you refer to the reviews you read? No. I don't know. But they've got references in their essay. Oh, okay. <laughs> coherently remarks, If the original Bewitched was nothing else, it was logical within its own set of established rules. That's the end of the quote. I hold that Nora and Delia Epron followed a strict logic proceeding from a pre- uh, precise uh, from a from a premise perhaps not instant instantly obvious to casual viewers. The initial question I believe we should ask: Did Aunt Claire exist in the witch in 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 the witch Isabel's life before she accepted the role of Samantha? I'm thinking Aunt Clara didn't didn't. Notice she never interacts with Nigel. She only drops down the chimney into Isabella's living room because the Nicole Kidman witch has taken on the part of Samantha Stevens. Isabella's own existence has begun to merge with that of the television character she's reprising. The subtext of the script involves how television influences our personalities. Of our personal realities, sorry. The original Bewitched television show provides a template which reshapes the lives of those in contact with the remake. Jack and Isabel, for, uh, foremost. Once the show starts dominating the young witch's consciousness, Aunt Clara can appear when needed. A figure from the 19 tel- 1960s series, Isabella has studied not from her actual prior life. Isabel, set, is, Isabel set, accepts a television character into her home as family and fails to notice that anything's odd about that. I'm thinking that the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer pulled a similar intersection of a, of an previously unknown personage when Buffy's little sister, a demon in disguise, suddenly showed up. Everyone in the cast acted as if she'd been there all along. 
That's just like a little note that they put okay. down. <laughs> the Epron sisters offer a nice observation here on the mass media culture. Face it, our society does tell us to treat imaginary folks from the West Wing or the Sopranos or Seinfelds as friend or even kinfolk. We don't blink at caring seriously about the lives of fictional people. As a further demonstration of TV of TV's effects on human beings, Uncle Arthur manifests a manifest to pep talk Jack. He's the original small screen Uncle Arthur who Jack has cherished in his mind all these years. Jack saw and internalized the series. Now the character he liked best steps from his dreams into an objective reality to help him out. How many television role models do you carry inside as ideals of wisdom and behavior, sources of advice and aid? Do you ever ask how Spock or MacGyver would handle a situation you face? Of course you do. The Eprons know we do this. Significantly, Uncle Arthur drives Jack to the couple's special place, the completely unreal soundstage Stephen's house. Their special spot, scene of a date referencing singing in the rain, exists in a television studio reality. That's where Isabel feels at home, acting a role someone else created. Many commentators have found little chemistry between Jack and Isabel characters. Not Will and Nicole, but the egomaniac and the innocent they're playing. Maybe so, maybe not, but under the influence of Bewitched TV template, both evolve before our eyes to wind up as truly remade for one another, as, compat as compatible as the original Darren and Samantha. That's magic. As the film starts, each has a disappointing, unfulfilled life. I'd say that the Kravitzes do not illogically pop from nowhere at the end to live across the street from Isabel and Jack. They're brought there to illustrate how the pair has become transformed by the characters Elizabeth Montgomery and Dick York originated. The dynamics of the classic TV show have almost totally replaced the unsatisfactory realities Isabel and Jack each occupy at the beginning of the film. Does Shirley MacLaine's Iris obsess Michael Caine's Nigel due to her superior witchcraft? Or does the web the revived show weaves draw him into the romantic absorption he has he's habitually fought against using, using ca casual self-gratification and cynical wit? Remember, he wouldn't let Isabel watch Bewitched as a child, yet that program didn't merely make fun of magic users trying to solve sitcom problems. It essentially celebrated the power of love to bridge barriers and have the final word once all the spells had been spoken. The Eprons picture has a texture as light as a feather. By contrast, Charlie Kaufman used a meat axe to carve out adaptation, with its bold sequences of art intersecting life, Dark City 
sinisterly, sinisterly developed the idea that personal realities can shift beyond our control. However much, however much bewitched the movie may look like fluff floating on the wind, it affectionately and shrewdly makes substantial points about society, mo- about society modelled perhaps very much for the better by TV and mass entertainment. After all, the Epron sisters know intimately how reality crossbreeds with art. Their parents, <laughs> Henry and Phoebe, strip mined their eldest daughter's life while she was living, while she was living it to yield two plays and a movie. I saw "Take Her, She's Mine," not knowing that Sandra D played a character based on Nora's college student days. I'm wondering how the feedback of seeing her transformed into a role, a fort, uh, into into a role, a forthright but naive young woman slowly shedding an overprotective father, effect, uh, over affectionate father, her real existence, you might say. Perhaps she just told us, and that's it. Oh, <laughs> it just ends. Yeah, basically saying this movie just told us. About this woman's overprotective, affectionate, real-life father. <laughs> My favorite part of that review was everything. <laughs> I mean, it was an. It wasn't a review. It was a thesis. I mean, she had references. Yeah. I, well, I. I don't know. It had references, Bartek. I mean, she referenced someone. He's like, this person on page 10 of this website in this video. See, I, I can't even make the joke that, like, she accidentally submitted a university assignment because she talks about the website. I just... Well, is there anything we need to say anymore? I mean, that... I mean, really, why did we even do this episode? I mean, I, I should have just... We should have just posted this on the website and said, it, well, that's Bewitched summed up for you. I mean... It almost sounded like that person listened to this episode... Before we made it. Before I made it. Specifically the part where I talked about the, like, magic atmosphere influencing them. And, 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 and just, like, just took it in a completely different direction. So... Does that affect you now, how you perceive the world that we had just questioned? That, in fact, it is them becoming the TV show for realsies? I just think it's kind of like great minds think alike, except that that person wrote a thesis. (laughs) And we just made an episode of our podcast. I guess ours is called a thesis too, huh? The only thing left to talk about, I suppose, is that cat licking itself. (laughs) No. No? Oh. So, you guys... Have been fantastic, amazing, wonderful listening people, as usual, and I think we've been pretty good, considering that this is a cinematic classic, and we were by ourselves for this one. Usually we have a guest, but as I mentioned, the guest couldn't come because of witchcraft. Yes. Um, as I usually say at the end of this, you should check out our, uh, our content and our sites. Spin our Polish, media. Our media, uh, Spit and Polish Presents. It's on Facebook, it's on Podbean, it's on iTunes, it's all there. But the main thing that really matters to us is hearing from you, feedback, and maybe suggestions as well, because, hey, we can't do every movie, neither of us had seen Bewitched, the film, before doing it, and maybe you're sitting there wondering, hey, when are they going to do this movie? And we may never do it because we may not even know about it. You need to tell us. That's how it works. I mean, you know, we're going to keep doing movies, but hey, you need to tell us if there's one that we need to check out, because we may not be aware of it, and 
You may change our lives instead of us changing yours. We want information. Yes, exactly. Like most generals in war, we want information. <laughs> we want information to fuel our media wars. Um, so, you guys, as always, be kind to each other. See, the joke is that it's the Shit. Yeah, that's the joke. I thought it was a theme to Starsky and Hutch. <laughs>